0: Welcome to Games Hub, a crypto talk show with investors, influencers, and remarkable personalities.
1: Hello and welcome to Games Hub, a crypto talk show with our investors, partners, and remarkable personalities. I'm Konstantin Kogan, co-founder of Gamespad, and we're excited to welcome a very special guest today, Zach Hangate, who is a Web3 venture capitalist, having led over 40-plus Web3 investments over the last three years He's a founder of Spawn Point Media, which is his family office. He's also a venture partner at Blockchain Funders Funds and Averell. And today we're going to discuss an like, exciting topic, unleashing lucrative opportunities of Web3 Gaming VC. Hi, Zach, and welcome to Games Hub.
0: Hi, this is a great podcast and you're a great host. So looking forward to keeping this informative, entertaining, uh, as always, as people know me. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you for being with us and joining us. So... Please tell us a little bit about your background. You obviously like almost like a veteran in this space. So, like, what brought you to crypto and blockchain?
0: Yeah, since it's a gaming podcast, I'll orient it towards that. I started investing into independent games in 2015, 2016 with uh, some famous YouTubers that I grew up in high school with. They actually dropped out of law school as a collective and now have 50 plus uh, million subscribers across their channels. But we had some hits. These are games that would be on Steam. And uh, I was running a Web2 startup at the time, started investing in crypto, you know, Bitcoin in that era, uh, and then officially joined as a professional Web3 investor uh, with Every Realm uh, almost three years ago, um, where I was head of gaming and then launched their venture capital fund uh, efforts. Nice.
1: So... Can you sp- explain maybe what, what are the unique features and advantages of Web3 gaming compared to traditional gaming?
0: Yeah, so I think ownership is oftentimes a headline, but it shouldn't be. It's more of a feature. But to me, the great thing about Web3 is transparency, uh, security, uh, economic benefits for uh, the players, the publishers and the ability to really disrupt the the big uh, publishers here uh, in the U.S. and globally. Um, But really, I think people are still trying to figure out the best model on how to incorporate Web3. And it hasn't been done perfectly yet because you see people slap on NFTs and a token uh, that hasn't worked. So I think the best is yet to be uh, seen and super hopeful for some of the big titles coming out end of this year and early next.
1: So, you know, it's interesting. According to Q1, like this year, uh, investments in Web3 gaming, like, you know, projects reach almost like, you know, staggering three, $740 million. Uh, so in your opinion, what makes, you know, Web3 Gaming an attractive field for VCs investments?
0: Yeah, in fact, uh, the number is super staggering if you look at it, um, but it is the lowest uh, over the last three years. And I certainly yeah. feel it, but there is hope and deals are getting done. Why is it attractive? There's 8 billion people uh, in the world, 3 billion plus as gamers, but I guarantee it. The other half that don't identify have played a game in their life before. And that's what's attractive to investors. Um, It's pretty much a uh, known thing uh, amongst my peers, at least, that gaming is going to be the thing that ushers in the blockchain to the masses. And, you know, I think everyone is trying to pick their horse, if you will, um, and to be a part of the revolution, really. Um, And to me, it's... uh, of indie game revolution, right?
1: Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it, it's it's indie games. There's a lot of small studios who are like emerging, and I think it's exciting that they have uh, access to capital through you know like uh, token raises. But the question is probably. what what advice would you give traditional game developers entering web3 gaming and some of the maybe key factors to consider for creating a successful web3 game
0: uh do your research there's a lot of emerging infrastructure companies that i'm excited about that really make it easy sdks to that plug into unity unreal whether you're mobile pc whatever um to make a seamless experience and i'm happy to make recommendations um out there for those curious but um, you know, I back the likes of um, the the founders of uh, like Shrapnel, who created Halo, and um, you know they're working on some interesting infrastructure projects. But um, the advice to new developers is to to do your research and really take what worked for you in Web two and and just double down on that because uh, I think the Web three space needs it and use the blockchain for uh, the dream, uh, which is you know, ownership and transparency and security and, and economic. And as a founder
1: of Spawn Point Media, right, you know, how would you weigh the potential Web3 gaming startup against the traditional gaming company that is transitioning to Web3?
0: Yeah, when I think about uh, investing in a game, it's not only just is it going to stand apart in the Web3 space, right? Is it going to beat, it has to beat the Web2 games as well, because I think about Web2 and Web3 merging over the coming years. And that's a key part of my diligence. And so I think the best games that are going to emerge that do incorporate Web3 technology are going to be like mods and twists of successful games in Web2, right? And that's what you're seeing emerge, whether it's social gaming uh, with one of my projects, Project Aloon. Uh, I'm also super bullish on uh, VR and my company, Boss Fighters. Yeah, overall, I'm super excited about the space uh, in general.
1: Now, if you would advise, and just a, you know, just a curious question, uh, um, you know, I looked at this uh, similar reports of the top gaming protocols by unique active wallets, and I was actually surprised to see that Wax outperforms Polygon, like Airbnb, yeah, I know,
0: Shanghai. yeah, I know it. Uh, yeah, was what your question? stance on that? Yeah. Yeah, What's my, your stance, stance, my stance is that uh, I've been a long uh, friend of Polygon and supporter. They've invested in a lot of my companies in tre- and including one I incubated. Um, you know, they're what thirty percent market share, but you have the new kids on the block like Aptos and Sui that are doing really innovative things and directly addressing blockchain. So I think my developers are also seeing things as a multi-chain future and having those conversations with the new chains and, you know, Mantle's going to emerge as a a leader as well in addressing gaming. So look, I think from a blockchain perspective, it's a multi-chain future, just finding the team at the chain that loves what you're doing and will help promote you and support you from a tech perspective. So you mentioned also VR,
1: AR, and then other aspects, which are, you know, 2021 we had a huge uh, demand for metaverses right and uh, and then like over these two years then there's a multiple articles that's very lonely in the metaverses right so yeah. like, daily active users are not like you know over exceeding like you know expectations so um my question to you what do you what do you foresee as a future for this business line
0: yeah look when i was at Every Realm, uh in summer of 22 it was all about metaverse right i launched a metaverse fund and it was a lonely place all the big brands in the world from you know nike and the nfl reached out to us to build a metaverse and every ceo wanted a metaverse play um it was very tough at the time because there were no metaverses live it was still seriously in a, a pitch deck right so what am i excited about now well vr and ar and the number one hardware developer on the planet apple is releasing this end of this year well guess what? It's $3,500. I call it luxury gaming or, or whatever you want to call it. But every brand on earth is going to want a gamified experience on that piece of hardware. And I definitely want to be a part of uh, that movement. But I think it's going to be 10 hundred times bigger because the tech is actually real. They're inbuilt.
1: So you think we with Apple releasing their VR, uh, like, you know, that says, you know, they will uh, increase the U- users user base in the metaverses, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Whether you can afford to buy it or not, I'm sure there's going to be a whole economy of renting them uh, that emerges, right? I think, and that price will come down. Apple's famous for launching expensive hardware uh, and then the next year releasing it at half the price, right? You can buy an iPhone for $500 or you know, like stupid me buys like a $2,000 one, but I live on my phone, so.
1: <laughs> so that's more, you're credit, it's more luxury. So then we are, we heard Samsung was also announcing that they're getting into play like very soon. Like, you know, that's obviously, as we know, even with the phone comparison, is going to be cheaper, like whatever the headsets. Yeah, like trying to...
0: yeah I think the price is going to come down and, and be more accessible over time. But for any new trend and vr has been on the cutting edge and in conversation for the last decade but i think it's actually going to work now because apple's on board um and what it takes to have a successful ecosystem are you know people willing to spend money um highly passionate crowd which apple has um and merge that with gaming and it's straight to the moon in my opinion yes
1: Having said that, I'm just curious to hear your definition of the metaverse because you know a lot of people can define it in multiple ways. I want to hear yours.
0: Yeah, metaverse to me, and we've talked about this a lot, is actually you know you have social elements, you have commerce elements, you have gamification. Uh, those are the three key things to me, uh, and I think the metaverse is really going to succeed with niche communities, whether that's you know religion or politics or you know some of these fringe communities that uh maybe fringe isn't the right word but all you know highly passionate people around uh you know what they're interested in and and that can exist on the internet because um the beauty of the metaverse is you know i always joke i live on the internet right my whole network is global i can't be everywhere at once but for me to be able to throw on a headset or meet in the metaverse it's i mean that's the dream and and social exists, commerce right? etc yeah correct yes and
1: then we see a lot of successful. Uh, Projects that are already like doing what they have to do and they're proving that it's in existence. And it's uh, we actually invested in one of the companies that uh uh spikes the delivery of physical products when you buy them in the metaverse, like in a in that's a awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm a big believer in that. And I think everyone, I think there's a big community that thinks you know there's gonna be one metaverse that rules them all, okay, like a Fortnite. And I don't believe in that actually. I think you have great companies like Mona that's focused on art and spatial and it's focused on you know, niche things, uh, where big communities can go. Right. And so there's going to be many multi uh, metaverses that thrive. That's my thesis. And it has been for three years. NFTs as a tool to actually navigate
1: through these, uh, like, you know, economies, like, you know, what do you think is going to happen in the close market? Cause right now the secondary market is very slow as we can see, right. You know, what do you think is going to happen next?
0: Yeah. I just looked at a chart. It's like the lowest it's been in a year, but for the people that are there, um, the best technologies being built right now. Like I invested in uh, a company that does NFT fractionalization. So imagine a hundred people owning one CryptoPunk, for example. Um, you know derivatives and futures and high end trading around NFTs. What that means is uh, your piece in a community and what that community does with it and that brand. Uh, you saw, you know, uh, Pudgy Penguins launch a toy. Well, what I'm really interested in is. Yo, transmedia meaning like movies TV shows toys games um, but that's your ticket into the community and I'm really happy to see um, these 10,000 collections that are pretty unapproachable from a price point launch ancillary collections that become most more approachable because I think for these communities to actually reach me more like mass market you know it has to be a 10 dollars to thirty dollar entry price right and you know I think if, without that they're going to fail so um it's good to see them, them doing that these days yeah
1: so you're bullish on fidgetals in a way
0: yeah i am and especially with the you know connection to blockchain right i'm all i'm talking to this company in south korea um called MetaZ, and it's basically like the goat app or stock x for web3 and basically you have an nft that represents you know a super pair of rare jordans okay i can own that nft and the rights to those shoes but I don't have to wear them i don't have to store them in the closet behind me but yeah i can have that asset it can you know grow in value over years or i can trade it and i think that is just the first example of it um but you're gonna see that happen with all types of like rare items like cars luxury goods etc um and sneakers is just like a great way uh to go to market so yeah super exciting and bullish around digital and uh how that connects to the chain
1: Maybe you can share it before we jump into the questions from the audience. Like, last question is like uh, the the most like craziest and like an interesting uh, utility that you've seen in the in the NFT space.
0: Oh man, we we looked at like an OnlyFans for uh, you know, Web3 and blockchain and the NFT project and what that entitles to you. I'm not going to mention uh, on this uh, podcast. <laughs> okay. that, but uh, i've that, seen it all man i've seen it all yeah
1: oh, yeah, it's, yeah it's fine our audience is not pg-13 so you don't have to worry about them, so. okay so like with this said we're you know thank you for like you know the splits answers like probably one of the first guests like you know that you answered like 10 questions instead of five like, in the 15 minutes that's that's actually impressive yeah well um, people then, have short
0: attention spans these
1: days but yeah <laughs> yes yes and you you certainly nailed it like you know like how how to it's like a masterclass how to answer okay so we're jumping to the questions from the audience i'm just gonna read them and in- we're gonna go same sure. style. Crypto King from YouTube is asking, um, what new trends of th- or technologies and web three gaming do you find exciting and potentially game changing for the industry?
0: Wow. Um, that's a big question. And mm-hmm. I think I'm really looking for innovations around uh, crossing communities. And there's a really cool company called uh God Mode HQ that was just uh, funded by Bitcraft. But effectively, you know, for me as a gamer, would it be awesome in and there's hundreds and hundreds, even as an investor, it's hard to track all the games, right? But if there was a technology or a platform that could say, look at my wallet, look at the where I'm active, um, look at the assets I own, and then a new game pops up, uh, maybe like airdrop me uh, an asset to go play that game. Um, those are exciting trends, right? So that I can learn about new games, enter new communities, uh, and and go about things that way in a more like native uh, fun way. And those are things I'm really interested in because, um, there is no web three game King yet. And, um, anyone can create it. I'm a big believer in the Mark Pincus theory, by the way, that's the founder of, uh, Zynga.
1: Oh, nice. And he had no
0: gaming background.
1: Yeah. You should probably take a look in this project too. Um, Captain Huddle from uh, from YouTube is asking, how do you assess the profitability and long-term sustainability of Web3 gaming projects compared to traditional gaming ventures?
0: Yeah, it's actually really uh, a high level of complexity for a game developer to think about entering Web3. And you have to have a whole team to manage, um, you know, the token, the economy, um the nft community like floor price like it's a whole thing um but definitely there's benefits and like long term to having those financial instruments attached to your game um obviously through secondaries which people are starting to enforce now which is great for creators for us and and as developers and investors in the space um yeah we're really looking to create a more fair economy for for players to be rewarded for their time at the end of the day right and not have the publisher own everything so hopefully so, that answered the question yes. partially yes partially I mean, all so. right what, what what did i miss yeah i mean i think <laughs> what what, did I, what what do you <laughs> it's think good question
1: so it's, i think it's impossible to shortly answer it yes but let's move on uh nestle nestle like new york Great question, from, by um, the way. thank you yes it is actually uh, from twitter how do nft impact in game economies and monetization models in web 3 gaming what are the main different uh different points
0: yeah what i'm i'm taking these questions and like twisting them into how i think things should be done um you know mm-hmm. nft like let's take Wagmi games okay incredible mobile franchise focused on asia markets it's uh, a really great strategy game now their Genesis Collection trades around 0.5 ETH as of today. Those characters, those 10,000, you can actually take them in the game and play with them. Um, I was actually just last night looking at my pet hooligan, also trades around uh, half an ETH, and you're going to be able to play that game with that character. You know, they're saying Q3 this year, which is in the next three months. Play, um, or if you look at um, Board Apes and their uh, new game they should be launching the forge this month you can play with those mechs right um you know to me it should be less around the price of them but utility in the mm-hmm. game and i'm very against owning the nft gives you some unfair advantage i don't think that's right i think it should just be you know, cosmetics maybe entitles you to new content levels and the live ops and, and new upgrades in the game itself. Right. I think all these games need to be free to play, no NFT required, but to actually like dive deep into the lore and and things like with Wagme, you get a comic book, physical one, deliver it to your home. If you own the NFT, like that's super cool. Right. And I'm really interested in, in those types of use cases for NFTs and games. Yes. I, I couldn't agree
1: more. That's, that's actually a beautiful example. Uh, Mehmet from LinkedIn is asking, what factors do you believe will help Web3 Gaming gain wider adoption and appeal to the mainstream audience? How can can we potentially overcome the barriers of entry?
0: Yeah, at Spawn Point, I have a division called Spawn Point Creative, which I formed uh, in the last month or two or two months ago to actually solve this problem. I think Web3 Games are way too focused on Twitter, right? I think it's an echo chamber. I'm in it every day. um, But... What am I advising my companies uh, launch on TikTok. TikTok is literally free marketing for games, whether you're web three or not, it's happening. So I would jump on that bandwagon as well as like YouTube shorts, which is emerging, but you have to get out of Twitter. Um, you have to allocate like a small part of your budget to the traditional web three community and 70% of it to traditional web two tactics because If you don't implement that, like no venture capital or anyone's interested in uh, a game that addresses under a million players, which is the current size of Web3 gaming. Yeah, 100%.
1: Rafael Rio from YouTube is asking, can you share a successful example of Web3 gaming? investment you've made and explain the factors that contributed to its success.
0: Yeah, I could talk about a lot. One I'm really excited about right now is called Project Alune, and they're created by the founders of the original Call of Duty on console. Um, They're launching a new social gaming experience, which is a combination of like uh, an MMO and auto battler again, going back to what I said earlier, like a twist on a successful uh, game genre, right? You know, they said, look, we're gonna deliver, this is a year ago, I put, um, I think like 500,000 into that, deliver the game by Q4 a year later. Well, they actually delivered on it and they built an organic community on their own with no paid marketing. Um, now they're they're just launching this crazy thing with AI where with their little cute um, loons they're called, they're these little cute characters can literally like stream with AI on TikTok all day long and some exciting things there. And they've built some infrastructure that, you know, game developers have to launch. They have like some ops on AWS or other cloud servers. They developed this entire infrastructure for cloud that that reduces the cost to run a game by like 90%, right? And. That's what you're seeing with these Web3 games. That's just one example. But yeah, they've been very, very successful, and I'm happy with them. Um, A similar story with shrapnel. No, that's
1: actually a a really good example. Uh, So following that question, I think Moxie from YouTube is asking, How do you identify Web3 gaming projects with the potential to revolutionize the industry? What criteria or indicators do you consider during the selection process?
0: Look, my original thesis was to back um, visionary AAA developers, right? I back, you know, uh, whether it's from Lucas with Planet Mojo or Neon, which is uh, the ex-Halo developers and Shrapnel, there's that thesis that they're going to take a mod and create something beautiful. But I'm also, in the same token, a believer in someone like Wagmi Games, where, which is an angel investment of mine, where the CEO sold his user acquisition technology company for 20 million in cash. Um, but then he had the caliber to create. To, to recruit the likes of Alex Seropian as an advisor who was the founder of the Halo franchise to advise the game. And now he all of a sudden has a AAA team around him creating an amazing game. So, you know, at early stage where I focus, it's very much on the team because oftentimes what I invest in is totally different uh three years later. And that's totally happened as I've like Watch three years go by in my life investing in games professionally. It's all about team and people with a chip on their shoulder, whether they come from AAA or not. If they're not AAA, then they, they must be able to recruit it in their mm-hmm. domain, whether it's mobile, PC, whatever.
1: Which is an interesting next question and a, like a logical mark from Twitter is asking: What challenges have you encountered while investing with three gaming projects, and how do you address them? How do you manage risk associated with uh, early stage investments?
0: Yo, we at Realm and and me currently um, have to have a long long-term view, right? Like a generational brand in gaming can take 10 years, seven years, right? And you have to have the patience for that. And we're always been long-term holders, meaning even if we get tokens, we don't like dump them onto the market basically. And a lot of times there's twists and turns and you just have to have the risk tolerance to withstand a bear market like now and then jump in as an investor and help them raise the capital to get to the next step, which I've done for my teams, and they would tell you that you have to be hands on and forcing the success of these companies that you've bet on supporting them through ups and downs because and, and bring them resources to, to, to help them succeed, whether that's social media, marketing, influencers, capital, um, and and really kind of give them a bear hug. But you have to have a lot of a very, very high risk tolerance. But you know, going back to being a seed investor, um, only one of my games, you know, has to hit to return the whole fund 100x. Right, so it's definitely a portfolio approach.
1: Metaverse Daily from YouTube is asking, how do you foresee the relationship between re- traditional gaming companies and Web three gaming evolving? Do you anticipate collaborations or acquisitions between the these sectors?
0: Yeah, you actually saw an amazing one with um Gummy and Gree announced with Avalanche last week. Huge. I think that was like the biggest announcement in web3 gaming in a year. Um you're going to see more of that happen, uh especially out of the East. Um and the East will come first cuz they're all, let's be honest, all big trends in gaming come from the East and Uh, the west will adopt i mean the u.s is a huge huge rich market in gaming but the east is going to adopt web3 first and you're going to see collabs between web2 and web3 studios because i think secretly and i know secretly uh, all the big publishers from epic ea uh etc 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 in on the east know web3 is the future and they're secretly investing alongside me in these deals they're not announcing it they're lps and funds and they're waiting and seeing for what i hope is a, a big launch which shrapnel or uh, Project Alune or, you know, for to unleash the bull market and to get them investing more heavily in the space. But yeah, they have to partake in what we're doing. Uh, like my friend Jonah Blake, like he had he's very close with the chief strategic officer at Blizzard. And he was on a Twitter space with us. And we're like, why are you even Jonah asked him, like, why are you on the space with us? Like our community is like, if I'm not here learning about what you're doing, like, I'm not doing my job. And um, that spoke a lot. To me about the state of affairs, right? Um, but with the, these yeah. big companies, right, they're not startups, they have to, you know, really evaluate the risk and dip their toes in and manage their profile and brand. So they're there with us. Um, it's just gonna take a few years to play out, and I'm really betting on some big games, uh, to come out this year. And yeah, like Planet Mojo, that's a really another exciting one. My friend Mike Levine, yeah. like, they're just uh the best is yet to come like i I, don't be afraid by this bear market man all these guys are building and launching in like six months just wait you know
1: that we launched planet mojos nft so yeah we're good friends beautiful
0: yeah Huge yeah. fan of them, massive community, mm-hmm. um, and he's a fun guy. Lucas Arts, Uh yeah, he's a fun guy. Yeah. Now, I, I think it's a it's an amazing
1: uh, question from CryptoBull to conclude <laughs> from YouTube. He's asking, what are your predictions for the future of Web3 Gaming and the investment opportunities it presents? Are there any emergent trends or developments that you believe will shape the industry growth?
0: Yeah, I think, look, I'll, I'll talk about a few trends. One is you had the early trailblazers. I mentioned all their names, like Ian Cummings from third time games, he built like Madden. And now he's running uh, one of the biggest games on Solana in the horse racing space. You know, their friends are going to notice the success they're having and leave. And there's going to be new opportunities for us as venture capitalists to back uh, similar type people that have, you know, grand ideas. Um, In the meantime, I'm very excited about things the space needs from an infrastructure standpoint. I mentioned God Mode earlier. Um, One of the companies I'm really supporting and trying to help right now is called Cornerstone. Um, What Cornerstone does, it's um, Unreal Engine tools to consistently deploy changes uh, that devs may have into production, right? And into web or app uh, environments. And so from a dev perspective, and then I mentioned God Mode, like things that help games add users or two, understand their users, you know, so that they can better cater to them and find more of them. Uh, Or three, um, infrastructure, like a new company I just met recently called overflow, um, that uses AI and their expertise to manage the economies. Okay, because, you know, we have to overcome the negative things that are said about our space by perfecting them. So how do you overcome that negativity? One, you have a massive amount of players Two, you have have economies that make sense. And you have like fun games, that's it. So I'm interested in the infrastructure uh, to help basically build these games, acquire users, Um, I'm really interested in the creator economy. I think you're seeing a new trend where creator collectives from web two are starting to publish games on their own, right? Because that's another twist on why web three even started more fair economics. So they can offer that without web three, I think web three is better. uh, And our industry will do it our own way. The creator economy is going to be very huge giving creators like Constantine and myself like tooling to to support projects they're interested in make their lives easier. Because at the end of the day, um, that's a in my opinion, the best way to acquire users is through people you trust.
1: Hundred percent. Wow. Thank you, Zach. I mean, well, thank you for the answers, for the wisdom you've shared with us. Like, you know, and thank you, the audience, you know, like for your questions. Uh we'll be you'll be joining Games Hub uh, in about two weeks you know and so far you know we're definitely going to explore more collaborations with Zach and uh, um, hopefully we're going to see you know going to see some other partnership uh, or you know opportunities yeah, I feel, between the-
0: yeah I really appreciate the I, that was a really fun part of what you do Constantine. I know we're out of time but anyone can feel free to my DMs are open on Twitter uh, Meezy's Games is my handle looking forward to meeting you all but you're a fantastic host and I really appreciate the prep and a professional awesome podcast that you ran today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Stay tuned with Games Hub, a crypto talk show by Gamespad.